1: Dr. Maricarpel and your golden years this evening and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. Central Time, and at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on BlogTalkRadio.com and on DrMaricarpel.com. And today is Sunday, June the 23rd. It's summer already. It feels like it here in Austin, Texas. It's quite warm. <laughs> and um but we have a, a great show for you here and we hope to keep you cool wherever you are with this Awesome show and great guests as usual. And Art Mendoza of Accomplice Entertainment, producer of this program, is here with us to make the show run. In a little while after the break, we'll be joined from Florida, once again by psychologist, four-time Grammy-nominated New Age musician, speaker, and author of the book Peace Within, Dr. Michael Brantz de Maria. And this time, Michael joins us to talk about cultivating peace within to create more peace in the world. We could use a little bit of that right now. And we'll also be joined later in the program by mother and daughter, who go by the pen name together of Brianna Taylor, to discuss their book series, Tailored Moments, which is meant to break through the stigma of teen mental health issues. And also later in the program, we'll have Austin musician, bass player, and vocalist for Tish and the Ms. Behavens. James E. Neal will be joining us to discuss his history in music and what Tish and the Ms. are up to these days. Also along the way, I'll give you another sneak peek into my book, The Passionate Life. And throughout this evening's program we will have time to take your questions. So if you have any questions or comments for me or for my guests, please feel free to give a call. The toll-free number is 855-345-4720. That's 855-345-4720. Or you can email your questions to me and I will read them on the air to my guests. And the email address is drmara, that's D-R-M-A-R-A, at Dr. MaraCartell.com, D-R-M-A-R-A-K-A-R-P-E-L.com. And if you do have any questions, as usual, I recommend that you call or email while the guests are still on the air so that they can answer your questions right here on this evening's program. And you can hear this evening's program again by going to my website, and the link to the podcast will be posted later tonight, along with all of the website links given by my guests on the program and you can also hear the podcast in as soon as five minutes after the show ends by going directly to blog talk radio that's b-l-o-g talkradio.com slash your golden years and for information from previous programs to listen to the previous programs you can go to my website and all of the shows that we have done in the last five and a half years Uh, The podcasts are posted on my website along with website information, links, and contact information from all of the guests that were on the show. You can also find out what we had in the first two years when we were on Austin Radio on my website. So we've been on the air for seven and a half years. But those first two years, I don't think, I don't believe that you can hear the podcast anymore. I think that they expired, but you can read about the guests. From those first two years. But you can hear all of those shows since we've been on Blog Talk Radio on my website. And you can also hear all of the shows on Blog Talk Radio for the last five and a half years by going to Blog Talk Radio, B L O G, slash your golden years. And to read all of my blogs um, that I've posted in ThriveGlobal.com in Huffington Post and Savannah East to find out more about my book, um, to watch videos of guests that I've interviewed in person here in Austin, Texas, and a whole lot more. Just check out my website. It's a one-stop shop. (laughs) And for information about future events, to find out what's coming up in the next show, to find out when a blog posts um, or any event that I have uh, follow me on Facebook. That's the best way to do that. And that is Dr. Mara Your Golden Years. All right. And if this is the first time that you're tuning in, I'm a licensed psychologist from New York City practicing here in Austin, Texas, and the Rio Grande Valley of Texas. And I work with adults of all ages and have a specialty of working with seniors and caregivers. And for the past few years have been evaluating veterans for PTSD and up until very recently my office part of the time was in a wonderful veterans resource center Heroes Night Out which is located in Cedar Park Texas and for information about this wonderful resource for veterans and for veterans families you can check out their website at heroesnightout.org Do you want to contact me? Do you have any information that you want me to know about or a question that you have for me? You can call me. My phone number is 512-626-6973, or you can email email me at drmara at com. or you can go through my website and just click on contact at drmaracartel.com. And this evening's program is produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions. And sponsored by Dr. Ronald DeVere, neurologist, memory specialist, and author of the book, Memory Loss, Everything You Want to Know But Forget to Ask. To make an appointment with Dr. DeVere at his memory clinic in Lakeway, Texas, or to purchase a copy of his book, you can call him at 512 261 or send him an email to rdevere, that's r-d-e-v-e-r-e, at austin.rr.com. And his book is also available on Amazon. And this evening's program is also sponsored by StoryHouse. StoryHouse gathers your stories and turns them into multimedia collections that can be shared now and for generations to come. Story StoryHouse over to conduct a private interview in your home or invite them to your next big event or family reunion. StoryHouse, where your memories live. Find out more at yourstoryhouse.com or call 512-296-8752. Okay, so we're going to take a brief break. We're going to play a few of our sponsor's commercials. But don't go anywhere. It's going to be a very brief break. And when we come back, we'll be joined online from Florida by psychologist, four-time Grammy-nominated New Age musician, speaker, and author of the book, Peace Within, Dr. Michael Brandt de Maria. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
0: Super psychologist Dr. Mara Karpel will be back after words from our sponsors. Are you or a loved
2: one a Medicare beneficiary? Help save you and Medicare money by stopping Medicare fraud. Fraud happens when Medicare is billed for services or supplies you never receive. There are three easy things you can do to fight fraud. Review your Medicare claims for accuracy, protect your personal information, and be on the lookout for suspicious activity. For more information or to report fraud, call Medicare at 1-800-MEDICARE or your local SHIP counselor at the Area
0: Agency on Aging at 1-800-252-9240. Dr. Mara's book, The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age, is now available on Kindle and in paperback at Amazon. Don't forget to listen to Dr. Merrick Harpell and your golden years live from Austin, Texas, every Sunday on blogtalkradio.com.
1: And we are back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years right here on Blog Talk Radio and on drmaracarpell.com. And now joining us on the phone once again from Florida, we have psychologist, four time Grammy nominated New Age musician, speaker, and author of the book Peace Within, Dr. Michael Brant de Maria. Good evening, Michael.
3: Good evening, Mara. Good to be back on. It's wonderful to be here.
1: Thank you so much for joining us on this Sunday Sunday afternoon. Are you, you're in Florida right now, aren't you?
3: Yes, on the Gulf Coast, the um, in the, the Emerald Coast, which is in northwest Florida, just outside of Pensacola where I practice. So I was thinking about that. We're actually both, you know, they call us damn Yankees, Yankees who came and stayed. You're in Austin, yeah. I'm in Florida, Texas and Florida, but I'm originally from Connecticut and you're from New York, so, you know, I think right. it's great.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I hope you're staying cool, though. I'm sure it's just as hot there as
3: it is here. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's the only time I, yeah, we, I was looking actually, it's like 90, but it feels like 103 with the humidity, so it's, yeah, yeah. It's but I, yeah. as long as you're at the beach or having fun or being able to have some air conditioning, it's, it's okay. But I have to say, um, the summer months, it's a little more challenging to have peace within.
1: Yes, it is. It is. But I have found that I, as long as I'm in a cool place, like an air-conditioned place, I, <laughs> I enjoy looking at the sunshine. And Aww. so it's less challenging to me than in the winter in New York when I would look out from, you know, uh, even if I was nice and warm, and looked outside, and it was kind of dark, so.
3: Yes, we do know, have yeah. so many sunny days here, and that really does make a difference, and I have to agree with you. And I, I, We rarely ever have a full rainy day where, yeah, in the northeast and Connecticut, I mean, we'd have weeks of that drizzly rain, gray, you know, yeah. gray clouded kind of rain, so. Um, There is something to be said about the gorgeous sunshine and just the amazing sunsets and sunrises because of these, you know, horizons. Mm -hmm. Although, Austin, I have, you have a few more hills. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful area, though. Yeah,
1: yeah. It is. It is. The hill country is beautiful. Um, so, So, you know, the last time you were on, you came on to talk about your book that had just come out. Peace within, and um, maybe you could tell us a little bit just about your background, and I know that now you have a new peace within process that sort of um, you know came out of your book.
3: Yes, Mara. So basically, as you know, I've been practicing as a psychologist, actually licensed now thirty years. And I also though, have a background in yoga meditation over 35 years. And I have really found that um, as much as, you know, doing psychodynamic work with people and working with people for all these decades, I found that even to do the deeper emotional work, if I could help people learn some basic techniques of quieting the mind and opening the heart and also what I call embracing the soul, that was a huge part of people being able to even acknowledge, be with, recall, and process their emotions and feelings and life history. So a big part of the piece within process for me is about helping people step back from feelings, thoughts, sensations, that are very that they tend to be very reactive to. And so I found the response to the book was really wonderful. And what I ended up doing was creating an online program that's a deep dive into these same concepts and practices that takes this to an, a whole nother level. And I'm real excited about that, and, and people have really enjoyed it, and it's, it's, an, it's just such a great opportunity. So the book now is pretty much the textbook for that program. Mm,
1: okay, okay. And so uh, it's kind of nice that you're able to guide people through the process, right, rather than just reading it.
3: That you, can, exactly. you can be their guide. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it's set up. We we really created it to be like you would be on a retreat with me. So it's it's we did the four camera setup in a place that was very much like a little yoga studio, and you really have the feeling of being on a retreat setting. In fact, it's actually created to be um, an online retreat as part of the Peace Within process for what I call integrative wellness which is honoring the mind, the body, the heart, and the soul. You know, we, we hear a mm-hmm. lot about mind-body today, but bringing in the heart and the soul to me is, is critical. And, you know, and I love your book, the talking about the golden years and, and later in life finding meaning, you know, again, you know, our emotional life, what, you know, and also a spiritual life are as important as taking care of. And obviously, you know, proper exercise, proper nutrition, proper sleep is all very important. But sometimes we really don't, in our culture, address enough of what what brings us alive, which t- what touches our heart. And and also what moves us, to me, in terms of what we feel our main life purpose is, which for me, that has a lot to do with what I call the soul, which I don't mean in a religious context as much as what is our deepest essence, our essential self.
1: hmm mm-hmm. Right. I You know, I really get that because I, I feel that, you know, I call it passion, but it really is more of a, of a whisper coming from within. Mm.
3: <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, but, but it is. It's, mm-hmm. it's very much that passion and whisper that sometimes what I often say often people will confuse Surface desires for that deep desire of the soul, and and sometimes they have to pass through that, and and that's not to demean or diminish more superficial desires or passions, but that that those are all indicative of or or like little pointers towards this deeper desire of the soul, you know, this sense of what we feel. What I like to say, what will make us feel peaceful on our deathbed? You know, you know, most people, it's not what they did, but what they didn't do, or what is it in them that still feels unlived? I think that's a big part of it, too. I know that's something that you discover, too, with working with people, mm-hmm. particularly in the later years. You know, what what is unlived in their life? What is it kind of that, that bucket list? What are the things that, you know, still feel like has, what I say, energy, you know, follow the energy, follow the joy, you know, and so many of us, disconnected from that, in particular those early years prior to puberty. I I love to help people. I do a lot of inner work with people, and the piece within the soul chapter in the book is all about a lot of inner child work. And, you know, unfortunately, we tend to focus on the wounds of the inner child, but there is also the passions of the inner child. And I think those early stirrings are always so indicative of some of our deepest, passions and sense of purpose or what we came to the planet to do. And it may not be mm-hmm. literal doing those, but that they're usually pointers to a quality of being in the world that we may be missing in later life that we need to rediscover or reconnect with. Right.
1: Right. Um, it was really funny when I first started doing a radio show when we, you know, I did another short radio show before I I did this one I you know it was a pre-recorded it was almost like practice
4: yeah.
1: <laughs> and I was wearing the headphones and the producer was right next to me and all of a sudden as I was doing one of the pre-recorded shows I had this memory that I had completely forgotten about where I was maybe like 9 or 10 sitting with my tape recorder in my bedroom making a radio show. And I remember oh, wow. that that would have been, yeah, that was my birthday present that year was this little cassette player. Wow.
3: I love that. That's exact. That's why you're so good at it and passionate about it. And,
4: you
3: know, I mean, I, I really, and by the way, I want to say how, I, I love to watch how the shows continue to evolve and, you know, really my well, hat's off to you because to I, I know as a musician and and doing my little YouTube channel and stuff, I know what it takes to, you know, have a show and also to really continue to develop it and grow it. And so, but I love that, that here, you know, you've made good with that inner child. Um, I have to tell you a big piece of my news this year was, you know, trying to practice what I preach. And mm-hmm. one of my early dreams one of my childhood dreams top of my bucket list was going to film school and you know when I first told my family and parents when I was 18 now you know being 57 but they they laughed at me at 18 and my dad said you're, you're the son of an immigrant your mother grew up in foster homes you know no way in hell you're gonna be a film director you're gonna you know you're a filmmaker you know your kids can be filmmakers and musicians and Um, And I, of course, was a dutiful Catholic altar boy and and did as my father told me, but (laughs) I I really, I spent two and a half months in L.A. at the beginning of the year, and I, it was, it was, I officially had the time of my life and did two short films, and I'm kind of exploring some of that, but I also want to tell the listeners, it doesn't have to be Yeah, it's been fantastic. That's
1: great. And
3: yeah, it's it's just given me so much energy. I think that's what I try to tell people. And the very, very similar thing with my music. And the other thing I want to say about that is, you know, I went through very challenging. I talk about this in the book, my own suicidal depression in 2004 after Hurricane Mm -hmm. Ivan and a number of other losses in my life. And I realized that was actually a very much an existential crisis and I had not pursued my music. And I know, you know, this story, but I, I have on my refrigerator, it's never too late to be who you might've been the the dream of exploring that music was, was a big one. But I, I basically was asking myself to get through that depression. What is it that had energy for me? And one of my native teachers asked me, you know, what, what is most effortless, instinctual, and natural for you? And I, I said, music. And he said, well, I want that to become your spiritual practice. And so I didn't come out with my first album until I was 42, had my first Grammy nomination at 48. Um, wow. You know, now at 56, you know, I've had six number one albums. I've... Um, four Grammy nominations, eight CMR awards, wow. and I've played for Eckhart Tolle, Mark Nepo, um, David White and and many others and and performed with some of my heroes, uh, Carlos wow, Mackay, Peter Cater. Really but I if you would have told me that at forty two when I was, you know, I would have laughed. I said, no way. And this actually the point I wanted to get to was that after my first Grammy nomination and a a first large concert I did, my parents came after words. that came in the back. I think my mom was pulling my dad by the hand a bit more, but said very lovingly with tears in her eyes, we're so sorry. We didn't encourage you because clearly Mm. this was so deep in your soul, but you were going to do it no matter what we said or did. And we're so proud of you. And you know, it was a huge touching thing. And, I also, for any listeners out there, truly know everything is unfolding in perfect divine order. And and my music would not be what it is if I didn't go through the process of therapy for myself and those I work with. And I'm very grateful for the circuitous path that the Native Americans call the river of life.
4: Mm. And that it
3: seems like we may not be getting what we want but we are getting what we need and there is a deeper meaning to it. As long as we keep trying to be honest with ourselves and others about our growing edge of authenticity and understanding. And I think in particular being true to those early, early stirrings in our soul from childhood that, that Mm -hmm. I, I think are real hints to what we're here to do. So I know that was perhaps a little longer answer than expected but No, but
1: that's I'll let wonderful. Share a little bit of that of That was great. So I I really wonderful story. Very touching. Thank you. Thank um, you. and it it kind of brings me to the next question. So, you know, the last time that you were on, it was you know, kind of before the world went a little crazy. <laughs> oh
3: gosh, that's right. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs>
1: So, you know, there's always been stress in the world and there's always been stress in people's lives, obviously. People have their own drama in their lives. But now it's even, you know, magnified that much more. So I guess it's a two-part question. One would be how do we manage to find peace within when uh, when we're involved in so much drama in our own lives and in the world around us. We we don't have the support for that peace when we turn on the news or even talk to our friends. Um, and then the second part of that would be how do we, once we achieve that peace within, how does that turn into something that helps to cultivate peace in the world or, or can mm. it help? Yeah. I know that, Beautiful I'm asking question. You a lot in a few minutes <laughs> no, no,
3: that's very powerful and um just to see how much time we maybe another few minutes, another I want to make sure I can circum we have that.
1: about we have about fifteen minutes,
3: oh great, awesome, okay, yeah mm-hmm. so the first thing I like to tell people is that we all have an inner and outer purpose there is the outer purpose of our lives can feel very dramatic. It it has a lot to do with what I call ego identities. We have our roles as father or mother, brother, sister, doctor, psychologist, attorney, teacher, whatever it might be. We have these roles that have requirements of us that make a claim on us that we are here to do. Um, And those are very important and they're part of our self-definition. and they are roles, and not our deepest essence. Um, these are social roles and and that we hopefully, and part of the process of that we try to do with people, you know in our work is to help them have as much of their roles be as authentic as possible. and and that's that's another discussion. But for now, I just want to say we're here to do our part in the world based upon the roles we have, which have a lot to do with certain belief systems, a way we see the world where we come from, from our families, culture, history. Some of us have examined that more than others. But the bottom line, they are still, to some degree, relative roles. What I call the social self um, or these social selves, because it's oftentimes more than one role. That is our outer purpose Mm -hmm. to fulfill those. The inner purpose and what the whole message of the Peace Within process is, and the example I'll give is that, you know, and the mantras I give are for peace within the mind, you know, I'm not my thoughts, my thoughts are not reality. I'm not my feelings, my feelings are not reality, not ultimate reality. When people say, what do you mean I'm not my thoughts? So I say thoughts are a commentary on reality, but they're not reality. What we're seeing, tasting, touching, feeling
0: in this moment
3: is what's real, ultimately real. So at night, What I suggest to people, and this is something we also do during the meditation practices in the book and the program, is that we're not not thinking. We can't not think, but we're stepping back and we're disidentifying. So I take off my ego identities and roles before sleep just the way I take off my clothes and I take a shower. Mm -hmm. I basically see that I'm removing these roles to touch this deep, what I call the ocean of peace that lies within which is this place within us, and this is a big part of most meditation and yoga practices, that true nature deep within that goes beyond any role, beyond the social self to the essential nature of who we are. And that part of us is deathless, ageless, timeless. And we touch that. Everybody does this. If everybody says, oh, that sounds too woo-woo, everybody does this in deep, dreamless sleep. All of us Experience a complete dissolution of who we know ourselves to be during the day. And often when we don't, we actually have a harder time sleeping at night. So the inner purpose is actually connecting to that formless, deep, essential, timeless, whether you call it God, spirit, um, the fundamental ground of existence, the Tao, um, dreamless sleep, whatever you might want to call it, the universe, source. The, the word is less important than it's being able to go to a place where you feel an ocean of peace. So the felt sense in deep meditation practice, in deep dreamless sleep, is a place actually in my experience is where there's a deep interconnectedness of all things and it is or does feel almost oceanic. This is what mystics talk about when they talk about the oceanic oneness. So it's the oneness that underlies, the multiplicity of our day-to-day lives, which is the day-to-day drama. So for me, the idea of being able to connect to that place of being, as opposed to the daily becoming, is part of what gives us the ability to then re-put on our role the next day or in between our meditation practices to engage life with as much clarity and purpose. Now, two things. Number one, we'll be less reactive. Number two, we're going to be more able to perhaps have empathy and put ourselves in the position of other people. I think we're in a a real time of tremendous uh, cataclysmic change on the planet. And we have to be really clear what we have control over and what we don't. And there's an old saying, if you don't have peace within, you can't have peace without. I believe it was Gandhi Mm -hmm. who said "There's, there's two ways to bring peace into the world. Try to carpet the world or wear sandals. So breath that says, wear sandals first and then try to be an agent of peace on the outside. Um, and, and I, most traditions, you know, the Taoists talk about get the Tao first before you bring it outside because otherwise our tendency will be that we're trying to force or will peace as opposed to simply being a vibration of peace out in the world. Now that's a very mm-hmm. abbreviated short simplistic answer to a deep, complex uh, answer, but I question but I hope it gives the listeners a little bit of a flavor of what I mean by the peace within process and how that becomes a ground for cultivating peace in your families in your in your communities and in the world Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: so it kind of similar to Gandhi's be the change, be the change yes. that you want to see in the world. Yes.
3: That's it. Absolutely. And it starts with us. And, and it's hard enough. And, and the more we cultivate it inside, we realize it's not so easy. And I think it does humble us and allows us to be less reactive. We have so much reactivity in the world. And we know this as psychologists that that reactivity leads to conflict, misunderstanding, um, aggravating, miscommunication. I used to have a teacher who said 80% of communication is miscommunication. So if we start from the fact that most people are simply yelling at each other, trying to reinforce their own belief system as opposed to genuinely listening to each other, I, I like to say everyone needs a good listening to. And right. <laughs> we have two, two, two ears and one mouth that we probably be better to listen twice as much as we speak. But it's hard. And that doesn't mean, though, not to be an activist, not to have an opinion, not to to fight injustice. You know, Gandhi was not a um, was not uh, neutral in the face of injustice. So neither was Jesus. Um, So I think
4: Mm -hmm.
3: that that's the challenge is. But let's try to do some from a place of not our woundedness, but from a place of our wholeness. And, and that to me, our true nature is naturally um, sane and connected and um, and whole and when I say that I mean it at a, at a deep, that place of consciousness and wholeness that lies beneath the socialized ego
1: Okay Okay, so now here's a question
4: <laughs> okay. You
1: talked about Taking off your identity before you go to sleep, and you know, um, letting go of you know the drama of your roles during the day. How do you have some suggestions about how people can do that? I know if they, you know, you have you go deep into it in your book, but are there some things that people can do that they can start to do to be able to? find that peace within at night or in meditation?
3: Absolutely. Um, First off, I mean, I do have this little seven by seven meditation challenge on YouTube, which is a seven minutes a day for seven, seven days. And it it actually, I guide people through it, but it's very much a somatic practice kind of doing a body scan, um, really coming into the sensory awareness, closing the eyes. I'm a big believer in lying down, Um, The other, one of the mantras I do, you know, which keeps me humble, too, is um, we have the mantra in the practice, I'm not my thoughts, my thoughts are not reality. In the later chapters on Peace Within the Self, the main meditation mantra is, you know, you say, I am not my name, my name is not reality. Said another way, and I'm not saying for others to say this, but the way I say it is I am not Michael D. Maria. Michael D. Maria is not reality. You know, this was a, this is bottom line. Our names were made up by our parents or intergeneration, intergenerationally, and they are social uh, label and role. And, you know, for years we, you know, or at least for quite a few years as a, as an infant and small child, we couldn't even speak our name. This is a name that's put on us by a family and a culture and a language system. I like to say even a language system is a software downloaded to our uh, natural self, which is, um, which is much more authentic than the adaptable self that is created called the ego. So one thing I simply do right out there, if your name's John Smith, you say, I'm not John Smith. (laughs) John Smith is not reality at the deepest level that you kind of take off this identity and most of us have become reactive to even our social identity or name. And in particular, feelings of shame, guilt, beating ourselves up about sometimes small things or things completely outside of our control. And, and so being able to step back from that role does something very powerful. And that is letting go of all of our preciously held beliefs and ideas and expectations One of my meditation teachers, I've been working with a Zen practitioner for 36 years, and, you know, it was very much, you know, him saying, well, you know, what would your experience be if you let go of all of your beliefs and expectations about yourself, others, and reality? I'll say that again. What might your experience be if you let go of all your beliefs and expectations of yourself, others, and reality? If you can get just a Hmm. taste of that, just a taste of it, you realize how constructed our reality is by a set of expectations and belief systems. Now, it takes time to really dissolve that, but oftentimes anybody can spontaneously wake up to that pure being experience that we all feel at deep dreamless sleep. Oftentimes in that moment, just as we're waking up before the (laughs) the you know, neocortex kind of kicking, right. in. And you we're in this place uh, that is actually the truer place. Um, as, as when Carl Jung said, you know, life is but a pause between two great mysteries. Um, waking and sleeping are two great mysteries. And, and if I can help people touch that place where they're, they're beyond their opinions and ideas, that doesn't mean that you won't take them up again, but you'll be able to take them on with a little freshness and a little more grace and a little bit more creativity, you know, because otherwise we're kind of saying the same old thing to the same old people. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and we've let go of, of being at war and we're moving to a place where we can be improvisationally creative and what I like to call an artist of life. Right. Yeah.
1: I'm going to try that. Um, awesome. Awesome. Because I love it. I, Yeah, because I think that, you know, when, as you were talking, I was thinking, well, you know, I, I frequently remind myself and I remind my clients that we are not our thoughts. Yes.
4: Um.
1: But I think if we take off all of the constructs around us, it's a lot easier to even have that, you know, understanding that yeah. we are not our yeah. thoughts.
3: <laughs> it, it, to me, you're right. In fact, it's going to the roots of the issue as opposed to it's kind of like, instead of weeding a garden and only pulling up the tops up from the, it's like going down and really getting the weed from the root, which is actually the deeper identification and and that's one thing, you know, there's a lot of talk of mindfulness and meditation, that, but we don't usually get to this root place, which is our identification with our ego identities. Um, and that, to me, is where the rubber hits the road. And, and just as you said, actually, when people get that, after some initial resistance, that actually pulls up all the feelings and thoughts because you've gone to the root, which is our mm-hmm. attachment to our identity. Um, as being a certain kind of person or a certain kind of way. But when people are given the permission, like, oh, it's okay, I won't go crazy, you know, or that's not psychotic and it's like, no, 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 actually that will keep you from becoming <laughs> psychotic. You know, sort right. kind of a, uh, right. Yeah it, yeah, absolutely. Now the only the only caution there is somebody who generally is psychotic actually and that's three percent, two percent of the people I work with who it's actually, no, look in the mirror, I'm Michael D. Maria, I'm 57 years old, I live at this address. You know, somebody who's really ungrounded um, right. doesn't need to be doing that. But that's not usually, that's not 98% of the people we work with, right? It's the opposite. They're, right. they're too right. attached to their identities.
1: Right, right. And if something happens to change your story, Right. Something physical happens that you can no longer do the things you used to be able to do or or even retiring from a job. Um, When people are so attached to their identity, they become lost.
3: Yes. And in particular, men Mm -hmm. I have, you know, as you well know, a lot of men who retire, there's so many stories of getting their first coronary or having their health just diminished or Mm -hmm. dying. Um, Or Mm -hmm. having, you know, falling into depression because in particular men in our culture are not supported in creating a larger network of connections outside of their job um, or outside of a sense of, you know, as one of my teachers would say, um, growing up with the identification of work, war, and worry. And, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. most men really don't have friends to talk about their vulnerabilities and their fears. And, you know, it's it really can be so helpful when men are able to share and see that they are connected to these larger realities just as much as any of us. And that mm-hmm. it can make the second half of life so much richer, as you well know, and that you write so beautifully about.
4: Yeah.
1: So, so we, you know, there's so much to talk about. So I know you're busy, but when you have time in the future, I'd love to have you come back to continue this because
3: anytime, anytime,
1: it's so important. You know, Um, we really we get many of it's really easy to get pulled out of our center and out of our peace um, by what's happening outside of us. And it's really important to know that we can create that peace within us and it actually will help to create peace outside of us.
3: So true. Um, and I, I couldn't agree. And it's always a joy to be on and to talk with you, Mara. And, you know, anytime you let me know, I'm, I, am i you know, it's always a joy to be with you.
1: Great. Thank you. Thank you. So before you go though, um, how can listeners find out about the peace within process that you have online? Which sounds wonderful. It's being in a retreat just by getting on your computer. Um, yes. Your book or even your music. I have to tell you that I listen to your music every day to meditate. Oh, so
3: bless your heart. <laughs> oh, that means the world to me. So the online program, listeners can find it very easily at alldaypeace.com. That's alldaypeace.com is the page that describes the program in detail. And this summer it's actually on sale. It's usually um, for 70% off. So that is a complete, you know, over 60, 70 videos. And the Peace Within process, um, again, the Peace Within book is, uh, you know, it's number one bestseller in both work-life balance. And um, medicine and psychology, and that uh, you can find it at alldaypeace.com. All my music, people can create a Pandora station, Spotify station, Michael Brandt Di Maria. You want to put in my middle name, Michael Brandt, B R A N T, Di Maria. It's my official artist name musically. But I'm also on iTunes, on most streaming stations, uh, Amazon, and you can also either download or stream the music. And also my YouTube channel has a lot of resources. I have Mindful Moments with Michael, which are two-minute little quick tips for the day about mindfulness and the 7 by 7 Meditation Challenge. We've had over 110,000 views in over 171 countries, and it's um, seven minutes a day for seven days completely free on, the, on my YouTube channel. And my website, michaeldemaria.com, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-D-E-M-A-R-I-A.com. And you can get a newsletter list. There's a few other freebies there about the three breaths to de-stress, which is a wonderful little meditation practice. Um, and also you can find out more about my other books and some of my other uh, programs. And, yes, and I um, those are the main outlets. So thank you, Mara, for sharing it with your audience.
1: Great. And I'll post that on my website post tonight. So if anybody missed thank it, you. they can just go and look for it. Thank, thank you, you again so for
4: much.
1: for being on the program. And, and I will definitely be in touch. And I'm already feeling more peaceful.
4: <laughs>
3: Bless your heart. Well, and I'm going to keep that image of your little girl with... Her tape recorder, doing her. You, you are living your purpose. There's no two ways about it. I am very clear on that, and I that is such a precious image. I'm going to keep with me today.
1: Oh, thank you, thank you.
3: Well, okay, you have Mara. a very good.
1: You have a very good evening, and stay cool. Thank you
3: too. Thank you. You too, and thanks again for having me on the show.
1: All right. Okay. Bye-bye.
3: Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye.
1: All right. We're going to take a quick break. Um, don't go anywhere. We have lots more
0: to come. Dr. Mara's book, The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age, is now available on Kindle and in paperback at Amazon. Don't forget to listen to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years, live from Austin, Texas, every Sunday on blogtalkradio.com.
1: All right, and we are back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Pell and your Golden Years right here on BlogTalkRadio.com and on DrMaricarPell.com. And I'm feeling very peaceful right now, so I hope you're feeling peaceful too after listening to Dr. De Maria. Um, but let's not fall asleep. We have a lot more to co- a lot more to come. So, before our next guest. Come on. Um, we'll be joined in a few moments by Brianna Taylor. That's actually a mother and a daughter who go by that pen name to talk about their book series, Taylor.
4: Be joining us for for
1: yeah. all right, but before that happens. I want to let you know some news. So I just published my uh, latest blog in Ariana Huffington's Thrive Global just a couple of days ago. So you might want to check that out. It was um, just some musings about turning 57 and some things that I, you know, realized about not – Spending too much time in drama, similar to what we were just discussing and, you know, getting back on track, really focusing on following our passion and um, doing the things that are really important to us rather than spending time doing things that out of um, obligation or habit. And so you can check that out. That blog is on my website, drmaricarpell.com, under blogs. And it's also on if you go to thriveglobal.com and you put in a search for my name, Carpel, it'll pop up along with all of my other blogs on that on that publication. And um, I just came back from South Padre Island where I did a keynote. Um, speech for a group that it was sponsored by um, sunshine haven which i learned about while i was there it's a really wonderful place to know about it's a house a home in the brownsville area and um, it's for people who are on hospice it's a nine bed facility and it's free it's completely free And they let people live there and then hospice comes in to take care of them. They also offer respite services for a week at a time for families that are caring for someone at home on hospice and they need a place to bring their family member if maybe they're going on vacation or they just uh, maybe they're sick and they're not able to, you know, they need to get better from whatever they're sick from before they can care for their loved ones so they can bring that person over to sunshine haven and it's a wonderful group of people and they sponsored this symposium for um, social workers and and other people in the in the um, Rio Grande Valley area who are working with um, older adults end-of-life care palliative care hospice. And it it was for their own education. There was a doctor there who spoke about palliative care and what it is, as well as stress management. So my talk was on living a passionate life to prevent burnout, and it's specifically for caregivers. And so I think on the next program i'm going to talk a bit about what i spoke about there because i know that we have a lot of caregivers listening to this program and it could be extremely helpful to you know learn not just how to live a passionate life which is what i talk about but more specifically for caregivers and I i just want to thank everybody um, who was there and to sunshine haven for inviting me i had such a wonderful time Speaking to this group, it was a very warm and welcoming group of people, and people were extremely um, passionate about what they do, and many people came over to talk to me afterwards about things that they um, feel very passionate about in addition to their job that they would like to do, Um, you know, writing books and, and things of that sort. So, Um, It was just very inspiring to speak to this group. And I'm looking forward to the next uh, time that I get to speak. So I'll let you know when that happens. Um, The next thing that's coming up actually is on July 11th, I will be interviewed by Texas authors. And um, I will let you know how you can hear that um, interview on, um, on the Internet. Okay, so... Right, I think we'll just go to the next guest because they have called in already and so let's just do it. We have joining us on the phone, we have Brianna Taylor, a mother and daughter team that go by that pen name um, for their series Tailored Moments meant to break the stigma of teen mental health issues. So welcome, Brianna and Taylor.
5: Hi, Dr. Karpel. Thank you for having us.
1: Thank you so much for joining us. Hi. So why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what brought you to create this book series, Tailored Moment?
5: Okay. Um, This is Brianna speaking. I'm the mom. And Taylor's my mm-hmm. daughter. And um, a few years ago, Taylor's uh, 19 now. She's going on 20. And uh, just around the time when she was about, what, maybe 13, 14, about 14 years old, she had been diagnosed with um, depression, um, clinical depression. And she had anxiety. She'd been suffering from suicidal ideations, things of that nature. Um, it mm-hmm. was all new to us we had, I, I personally had never had such a close experience with uh, mental health issues, and it was new to her, of course, and we didn't know how to deal with it. Um, turns out the the mental health system is a, is a big circle that you go around, and it's kind of hard to um, navigate, um, so when you find your way, it's, it's actually a really good thing, but we wanted, we didn't know what to do to deal with the situation, to help us to deal with the situation, so basically, we just conversed. We just talked about everything and uh, at the time when mm-hmm. she was in school she had a project to do uh, a science project and uh, they had to pick a topic to uh, discuss and they had to write a children's book on that topic so I helped her with the project and we decided to make the topic a um, like a rhyming nursery rhyme children's book and, and it really worked out well it was really good um, and then we decided through our conversations based on her mental health issues and things that she was going through um it helped us to help to understand and it helped us help me to understand what she was going through since i had no um personal knowledge with it and we figured that mm-hmm. if we could write something that would help other people then um then maybe we could maybe we, we should do that because it it just changed our relationship a thousand fold. It's like we discuss everything now and she's more open with things that she's going through. If she's feeling like hurting herself, then she'll speak up um, sooner rather than later. And um, mm-hmm. we noticed that uh, it was a conversation that was coming into light, but not, not, not as much as it, it should, to be honest. And uh, we figured if we made it something easy to understand something that maybe people would like such as poetry and if we put a personal touch on it and then we ask them for their personal touch, then people will be more willing to have that discussion, especially young adults.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: And that's how mm-hmm. we started.
1: Yeah. So I know, you know, the book, I, I love it. It's it's full of poetry and then, you know, a discussion about um, the different issues that that you have personally dealt with. And then there's a place for people to write their own thoughts and that are similar on that topic. So yes, is it meant to be used um, for discussion, like for a parent and child, um, you know, type of discussion? Absolutely. More like a churn.
5: Okay. But the thing is, it's not, it's, I mean, it, it definitely works in a parent-child relationship, but the the main goal, quite honestly, is for us to get it into like a school setting because mm-hmm. that's where that's where um we find that children, um basically w- where their triggers are, I guess. And 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 right. again, this is only in our experience. In our experience, um, Taylor has had issues uh, come to light or episodes or um. I don't know, whatever you want to call it, whenever she's going through a cycle, it usually happens sometime during the school uh, term or the school day. And if there was something within the school system that could help children to cope with that, to help them to speak, then um, that would be great. And the whole, the whole the whole space in the book where it allows the reader to jot down their thoughts or their concerns, it's, um, it's part inspirational, it, it's journaling, you know, journaling has definitely mm-hmm. helped Taylor you know, in a huge way. And if we can encourage that, then that's even all the better.
1: Right. Right. And I, you know, I I love the, you know, there are topics in here that, that she wrote poetry about, and you've written about um, dealing with that are, you know, topics that people don't feel typically comfortable discussing, right? There's a stigma around a lot of it. And, and also a lot of misunderstanding. So such as, you know, sexual orientation and hurting oneself, right? Cutting. Most people don't understand why somebody would cut. And I really appreciated reading the feelings of somebody who did it and, and why she was doing it. I think that really, I, I, I think it's important, it seems like it's important for the person who's going through that to know that they're not alone, but also mm-hmm. for the family and friends to have a deeper understanding, perhaps, of why someone would do things like that or why they feel the, the way that they feel. Yes,
5: ma'am. Absolutely. And that's that's basically what the goal is. The goal is to give others insight as to what someone else is dealing with, if you've never had that experience, because if if, if you have, if you've never had the experience, and you have no idea. And that goes for anything, you know, in life. But mental health is 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 touchy and it's special. It's dear to us because
1: we're in that cycle.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Right. And and I love that you talk about tolerance, which is really, you know, I think really important in this day and age. And certainly, um, you know, bullying is such a huge issue in the school. And where does bullying come from? Very often from intolerance. That's exactly right. That is exactly right.
5: Um, Each book uh, focuses on five different uh, topics. Um, We started Mm -hmm. with mental health topics and, um, and then we delve into, you know, just life issues, things that uh, young adults, and adults for that matter, um, would be dealing with. The book originally, the series rather, originally started geared towards young adults, but as we uh, go further into the different topics, it's actually for anyone at any point in their life when they're dealing with any particular subject.
1: Mm hmm Yeah. I mean, I I think that 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 makes sense because we're, you know, this is a lifelong it's a lifelong journey exactly um, Yes, ma'am <laughs> and i don't think it gets any easier in terms of being able to um discuss it with other people or have the understanding of other people you know as we get older it doesn't it doesn't become easier unless we you're lucky enough to meet people who understand us, and we can get in, you know, good mental health care and, and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, absolutely right. But I think right now, with you know the I, um, the, do you know what the suicide rate is now for for teenagers? I I know that there was a new study that came out, and maybe you're you're um, up on that. I don't remember of the rate, head, but
5: I... off the top of my head, I, I do not know. Um Okay. But I do believe it is it it's uh somewhere around
1: let's see, what is it? Hmm. As I know that there was a recent study that found that it had increased dramatically. In the last few years. And, um, you know, there must be something that accounts for that. You know, the maybe increased pressure, um, stress in the world. There's that. Said, and, then,
5: and also, I believe um, that the ease of which. I mean, technology is a great thing. Don't misunderstand. I, you know, growth in technology is definitely something that we can – that's um, a positive thing for our our world. But with the ease that we're cho- Did I lose uh, you? Okay, I lost you
1: for a second. I'm sorry. Are, are we good now? <laughs> yeah, we're good now. We're good now. Okay. The ease
5: that, that technology brings for someone to um, to cause harm to someone else, not knowing, you know, what those words um, may do to that person or what those pictures may mm-hmm. do to that person or what anything might do to that person. is just the access is so, so easily available. I think that definitely has something to do with the rise in the suicide rate. Right. You never know yeah. how someone yeah. is going to react from something that another person says or does to them. No one knows no one knows where our mental psyche is at any point in time. So you have to be and then mm-hmm. children are children are so unaware of anything else going on around them other than themselves. You know what I mean? <laughs>
4: so they don't mm-hmm. take those
5: things into account when they say things to another another being, how that how those words are going to affect that person. You don't know exactly how deep they're gonna take it within themselves and where they're gonna take that to. You don't know if they're gonna go from you know, zero to a hundred and, you know, 0.5 seconds. And that hundred for them is death. You know, it's not mm-hmm. just crying. It's death. And you don't know that. And sometimes we're, we're very careless with the things that we do and the things that we say to others.
1: Mhm. Yes. Yeah, especially on the internet. I mean, people are really, you know, people say things to each other on the internet that they would never say in person hmm exactly. So, you know, some people might say it in person, but we would recognize those people as being bullies, um, <laughs> right? But on the Internet, it seems like many more people who, you know, they feel the safety of being behind the computer screen. They just say whatever they feel like saying. And there are people who are, you know, there are people who are quote-unquote trolls who purposely, mm-hmm. their goal their their one and only goal is to is to stir up um anger, drama, people being upset by the things that they say on the internet, even if they don't believe anything that they say themselves, they just say it to stir things up, yes, ma'am, and they have no idea um what the consequences of
5: those things can be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. They don't, they don't. So, but I do, you know, I appreciate also that you write in here about the benefit of therapy um, mm-hmm. because I think, you know, I think a lot of young people might be kind of scared of therapy. Um, so, you know, I, I think that that's a great thing that you include that in here. Uh and it seems like your this book and i'm i'm guessing the whole series will be something that really takes away, you know, takes away the taboo about talking about any of these issues that that people find very difficult to talk about or, you know, they're just, you know, that's something that you don't speak about. That is definitely the goal.
5: Mhm. Mhm,
1: So what has been the response to this?
5: Well, I'll be honest with you, we haven't had much we haven't had much um exposure. Uh we've been okay. going to the local book fest here in the Dallas area, some um some a little further outside of the Dallas area. However, I will say this, we've had uh extremely great feedback everywhere that we've gone um mm-hmm. we do have uh future orders for books that are coming down the line a new a new book in the series comes out every october of every year from um all the way up until 2021 and as of right oh, now great. we do have orders for um for book 2 which comes out this october so when we when we are out and about we um we definitely get definitely get great feedback but right now i think the big thing is 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 exposure because um what the content of the book is definitely something that people are interested in definitely something that people want to speak about teens young adults alike um uh, we just uh we just need to, we just need for people to know that we're out there and that's you right know, that's it's a new you know <laughs> we're self published authors it's a new book so you know that's a given we you know we understand that's part of as part of the work that goes into putting the book out there so i, mm-hmm. I don't have based on the feedback that we've gotten just off of this one book, I have no doubt that, you know, that exposure will come and people will learn uh about Tailored Moment. They'll know what a Tailored Moment is. They'll know what the Taylor's Moment series is about. Being on your radio show on your radio show is, you know, great exposure for us. So it's just mm-hmm. right now we're just pounding the pavement, just getting the word out so that people know who Taylor's right. moment is and who Brianna Taylor is.
1: And have you, have you presented it to schools yet? Has we it, have,
5: when we've, the book fairs and book festivals that we've gone to, we've had some um, counselors inquire on how they can get us into their schools. Of course, we need to speak with district people. So we're in conversations with, like, Plano ISD. We're in conversations with Frisco ISD on how to get those books into those libraries or into students' hands.
1: Great. So nothing's Great.
5: Yet, but we're working on it.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, that's really, you know, I think that's really the key, what you were saying before about getting it into the school, getting it mm-hmm. into the hands of counselors in the schools. You know, yes, ma'am. maybe even, you know, giving it out to counselors might be the first step. Yes, ma'am. We are doing so, all of those things. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Well, it's great. I'm just, you know, I'm when I met I met you, you both of you at the book fair in Colleen, the book mm-hmm. festival, and I was just so impressed. And I thought I have to have you on the radio show because this is such an important issue, and it's and it's very brave of you, Taylor, to put your your feelings and your experiences into this book.
4: Do you thank Taylor, you. do you have uh,
1: anything? Do you have anything to say?
4: Um I just wanted to say thank you for allowing us to be on here and talking about it. It's really great for uh for me and my mother to get this exposure. So just wanted to thank you and appreciate it.
1: Okay. All right. Do you find that that writing this book and writing your poetry and being able to share it with the world and have other people give you such positive feedback, do you find that that has helped you on your journey?
4: Yeah, for sure. I think that um, this book
5: has not only made it easier for me to talk, but it'll help other people as well. So,
1: yeah. Right. Well, it creates a, a purpose and a meaning around what you have gone through in your life because you, you, with writing about your experience and sharing with other people, may be saving lives and you don't even know. You don't even know mm-hmm. who
5: you have saved.
1: For sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. hmm That's a pretty big, that's a pretty big purpose. You know, we talk a lot about having passion and purpose on this show, and that's a really that's a really big one because you know you may be saving lives and you don't even know it. Yeah,
5: what's what's really touching is that, um, like I said, at the book fest festivals that we've gone to, we've gotten great feedback. What what I wasn't expecting was that some of the people, some of the teenagers who have purchased the book, they'll you know they read a story, of course while they're there to see exactly what the book is about and if they're interested in, but then we've had people who we've actually, the stories have actually brought them to tears. You know, we've had women mm-hmm. who, who, who've read like flawless imperfection and they say, I know this person, you know, this is me. I've gone through this. And it's like the first time it happened, it completely blew my mind because it was completely un- unexpected. When we wrote the stories, um, we cried. <laughs> as we were uh-huh. writing them, but we figured because it was because it was so personal to us, um, and of course, you know, we were writing about things that happens to everyone. It's not it's not things that are just, um, you know, uh, that that just happen to us, you know, or no one else. It's an, it's something that happens to everyone in their lifetime when you're growing up, flawless imperfection. You know, you 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 see all these beautiful women on TV, and then you go and you look in the mirror, and you're like, well, I'm nowhere near as good looking as them, and these are things that's wrong with me. So when you see other people, other women and other teenage girls reading those stories that we wrote from our heart and it's touching them exactly the same way, I'm like, Wow. <laughs> you yeah.
1: know? Yeah. Like wow and we've that, all that, that's, that's we've awesome. all experienced we've all experienced that. I think it would be great for little girls, very young girls, to to read that to sort mm-hmm. of prevent them from going through that going through that pain.
4: -hmm.
1: Mhm.
4: Mhm. Mhm. And And needing to be about
1: it to look perfect. Mm
5: Awesome. Go on. Mm Mhm. Oh, I started to say another good thing about it too is that um, it's not it's not just a book for girls, (laughs) which I mean, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't meant to be. You know, it wasn't meant to be a book for girls, but we've gotten great feedback from um, you know, from guys as well, and that that was that also was very very awesome. Uh huh.
1: Uh huh. Wonderful. So, so if if listeners are interested in in finding out more about Tailored Moment and maybe even purchasing a copy of the book or or books in the series, um, what's the best way that they can do that? Okay. Well, right now the book
5: is only available on the website, and the website is tailoredmoment.com, and it's tailored with an ed on the end of it, so it's t a y Lored moment m o m e n t dot com. Um, okay. And it, it gives you information on uh, every book in the series.
1: All right. Um, I we are Also on Instagram be... and uh, Twitter as well. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> At <Taylor> okay. Moment. <laughs> All right. A tailored moment on your website tailoredmoment dot com. Instagram and Twitter. ma'am. And I will post it on my website post about this show later tonight. So if anybody missed it, they can go back and just click on that and it'll take them to your website and also to your social media. Um, really important. We need to get the word out and um, uh, it's a, it's a really big issue right now. So you're doing a, Great thing. And I wish you the best of luck. And let's let's stay in touch. Maybe come back after your next book comes out.
5: Absolutely, Dr. Cartel. We definitely appreciate that. And thank you very much for having us on your show. And it was nice meeting you and Colleen as well.
1: Yes, very nice to meet you. And best of luck. And and thank we'll you. we'll speak again. All right. Yes, you man. have a good evening. Thank you. thank you, you too. All right, thanks. All right, so we are on to our next guest. We have joining us from right here in Austin, Texas, James E. Neal, bass player, vocalist, veteran, all around great guy. Welcome, James.
6: Good afternoon, (laughs) and thank you, Dr. Garfield. How's it going? Thank
1: you for. I'm all right. Thanks for joining us on this Sunday afternoon.
6: Not That's a problem a little time
1: my with us thank you so so James, why don't you fill our listeners in a little bit on who you are, what your history is, maybe some of your okay. musical history?
6: Okay, well, <laughs> first of all, I was born in um New York, Governor's Island mm-hmm. is uh, my my place of birth. I lived in uh Fort Greene in Brooklyn on Atlantic Avenue. My mom got me out of there at uh, eight because she was uh, afraid I was getting mixed up with the gangs that were in the area at that time. So it was a quick move to South Farmingdale, Long Island. And uh, later on after my parents divorced, I went to live with my grandparents in Amityville, Long Island, which is right over the bridge. (laughs) Uh And um, yes, uh, from that point up until I graduated high school at, uh, in 1977 at the age of 21 because I dropped out of school at the age of 14 to help my mom with my brothers and sisters. I was the eldest child. I'm the eldest of eight. Mhm.
4: Mm-hmm. There's seven
6: brothers wow. and uh seven well there are seven brothers actually um and two sisters. And I am the eldest. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and then uh, what, July seventh, uh, nineteen seventy seven, I went into the Marine Corps. Uh uh mm-hmm. via through uh, Pat Parasol in South Carolina, where I ended up serving uh, a thirty five year career. So I caught wow. every conflict from Grenada to Afghanistan.
4: hmm
6: Yeah. Wow. Uh second second Marine Division was my uh unit. Uh, in uh, Camp Lejeune, North Carolina, and uh, I've been all over the world sev- several times and I've uh, gotten used to it. Uh, I, I began to love it because each country that I went to, once I uh, spoke a little bit of whomever's uh, language, that opened doors to opportunity. And mm-hmm. uh the bad thing thing about it, I was over there in a military position, and I had orders to follow. So, you know how that is. So it's right. like catch catch twenty two. But anyway, yeah. um, I made it through uh, by the grace of the Great Spirit, whom I whom I call. Um, uh, now I made my home here in Austin, Texas, and I'm really loving it. It's a little hot, but I'm mm-hmm. loving it.
1: Yes,
6: yeah, a little hot, hotter
1: than Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> Quite so. I know, because so. that's
6: am from. So. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> but there are some beautiful people here, and I've I've never, um, I've never met so many beautiful people in one place in my life. Uh, mm-hmm. Once we did get settled here, and once I did starting started going out and about to meet people, man, oh, man, like the doors were open. Everybody had a wonderful smile, a, a, a beautiful welcome, you know, and I fell in love with it, and I'm still in love with yeah. it. Yeah, so yeah. The love yeah, that's going to go on for, for a little bit, you know, there's some knuckleheads I met in, in, in between, but they are, they're they're going to be whom they're going to be, and I don't have time to worry about who they are. You know they're right. they're gonna be them. I'm gonna be me. So that's right. that there. But um, my music started at a very young young age. I gravitated to uh, the bass at five years old. My uncle, you always used to chase me away. Uh, that that is that would be my late uncle, uh, Kenneth mm-hmm. Kenneth Neal. He's uh, he passed on uh, three years ago. Uh, but he was my he was my teacher. Other than um, uh, my cousin Everett Collins Jr. in junior high and Alan Langstaff in high school, Amityville Memorial High. Um, I was under his tutelage, and uh, after a while, it's like I believe at that area and no, I I, I believe at that time the funk era the funk era hit. So we had groups like Parliament Funkadelic, Earth, Wind and Fire, Cameo, mm-hmm. uh, Isley Brothers. You know the funk area. I mean, it hit, and we had a bunch of uh, garage bands then. <laughs> so I oh, was, wow. uh, I was about, yeah, <laughs> yes. And everybody's neighborhood there was like music, and parents going, "Stop mm-hmm. that noise!" You know, stuff, stuff like that. Right. But we kept on, you know. And uh, uh-huh. music, from, music from, the age, from the age of five, to me, has been my best friend. My good mm-hmm. times, my bad times, my in-between times, my happy times, my sad times. Music has always been there.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And
6: uh, mm-hmm. I respect music highly. As a matter of fact, I treat music as though it's a living, breathing object. Wow. That's how I treat it um uh, mm-hmm. because I love it so so much it's it's been there it's been there when um bullets were flying at me bombs were going off in a whole whole okay it's back mm-hmm. home with, with me now and it's still my best friend music has yeah. not changed uh the genres have changed over the years but in reality mu- music itself is 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 pure you know, uh we mess it up, but music in itself is pure and I love it. And I don't think I'll ever stop playing it. So uh when I That's when great. my final days come when my fi- fi- final days come, uh, my bass is going with me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> so now so you know, now you're in a place where your Austin is the Live Music Capital. Yes. Yeah. So, so now you're playing. Who are you playing with and and, and where are you playing?
6: Okay. Uh, my band is Tish and the Misbehavin'. There's Tish Eubanks, our lead vocal. There's Eric Bowles, our guitarist. Burke Madding, Eric's cousin, is on drums and our good friend Christopher Doss is on keyboards he's a, he's a good one and there's uh, myself mm-hmm. on dates of course and uh, i've been with the group a little over a year now and it's uh this group is more this 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 group isn't just a band this group is family that's how we treat uh-huh. each other i call tish my sister and everybody everybody else in in the group you know i just call calling my brothers and come to find mm-hmm. out that um Burke matting and I might be related through my grandfather because I dig a little i did i i did a little um tree shaking and root digging <laughs>
1: uh-huh
6: <laughs> yeah and uh come come to find out that some of his people come from the same area that my grandfather come uh, came came from, and the name Neil has popped up in the family. So mm. <laughs> got a lot wow. more digging to do, but uh, yes,
1: <laughs> that's, that's beautiful. That's amazing. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, so where you where do you guys play?
6: Okay, we um we're here. We're at Maggie Mays until the. Twenty seventh of July. We'll will be there from, you know, sporadically time, time time. We're there on the uh, the next time we're gonna be there is the twenty eighth, then july thirteenth, and then uh I believe it would be the twenty seventh. That would be our uh, that, that would be our last time time there before we go to back to um, alcove cantina in round rock. And okay. uh we've got um we've got alcove canteen and we've got Uncle Gary's in Flugerville. Okay. Oh yes. yeah, I
1: know where that is.
6: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. We've been to Pat O'Brien's in uh, San San Antonio, but uh it's gonna be a while before we go back there because last time we went there, uh, there happened to be a shooting outside the club and uh that oh, really no. Tish, yeah, that 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 put us that put Tish on well, Tish and a few other members of the band on edge. So we won't be going back there for for a little while yet.
1: Yeah, yeah, that would that would put me on edge.
6: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So um,
1: have you guys so are not- you guys planning to record a CD anytime?
6: Yes, ma'am. Uh, we are we are uh, in in the planning stages right right now. We're just wait, waiting on um, on uh, Tish because right now she doesn't think think that her voice is good enough. While everybody else is telling her go for it, you know. So uh-huh. we'll let her make, make up her mind. We won't we won't rush her, but we are there for her support. You know. Mm-hmm. She she has <laughs> she has a nice voice and. I kind of, I kind of, I kind of like a a a raspy voice at times, you know. So it's right. really no pro- problem to me. If we were to go into the studio and record right right now, that would be fine with me. I would I wouldn't mind at all. Mhm, mhm. Yeah. So okay. So I'm going to uh, keep encouraging her, you know, because she she usually asks me, "How do I sound? How do I sound?" I'm, I'm like, "Tish, you sound great." And she'll reply like, "I don't think think I sound that great." I'm, I'm like Tish, you sound great. I believe in you. Come on, let's go with this. And the other uh-huh. guys in the band saying the same, the, same, the same thing. So we'll we'll pro- probably be in the studio a little, little bit sooner than we think.
1: Okay, great.
6: We've got to keep the encouragement up.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> I yeah. hope
4: so. Yeah. So. Yeah, if really there are listeners,
1: yeah. So if there are listeners who want to know where you're playing and come out and see you play, or yes. want to know when you when you have recorded a CD, um, yes. is there a place where they can look for that online?
6: Uh, they can use, they can find Tish and the Misbehaving via Facebook or Instagram. Okay. Yes. All right. Tish and the Miz um, Behaving. That's M-I-Z-Z Behaving. B-E-H-A-V-I-N. Right. Yes. Yes. Okay. Don't go to the so, Misbehaving okay. site, please. Don't don't go well, to the Misbehaving site.
1: Okay. So don't <laughs> go there. I <laughs> No. No, no, no.
4: <laughs> and
1: it's... Is Tish spelled is uh, so it's Tish and is And spelled out so it's Tish And, A and B and Ms Yes,
6: yes, yes. Um, okay. Or 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 the And sign, you know, the symbol. Okay. Like the All uh, right. like the G plus, like a G plus. Okay. Yeah. Tish right. and the Ms <laughs> Behaven.
1: All right. Yes. So I on yes. Facebook and, we and
6: do Instagram. Blues with a touch of soul. All right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The music is very, very dan- danceable. You know, you can either sit down and listen, or you can get up and dance. So <laughs> you have an option. That sounds.
1: That sounds great. That sounds yeah. great. And I hope that you guys record so that you, when the next time you come on, we can play yes, some ma'am. of your music.
6: Oh, believe me, mm-hmm. we are going to go into the studio and. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'll shoot you uh, and Art a um, a day and a time, the day and a time that we go into the studio. Okay. You have my word. Awesome. I will let you know right. ASAP. Great. Because I, I right. really want to get, get the word out and I want to get the music out as well.
1: Yeah, then you can come back on and we can play some of it. So, are these
6: originals?
1: Do you play originals or is it all cover? Yes,
6: ma'am. They um, are going to be originals. Excellent. Very few covers. Uh, we do we we do mo- mo- mostly covers right right now because that's what um, that's what uh, usually the audience will will call for right. or request. You know, right. But uh when when our originals come out, believe me, you'll know it.
1: Okay. Great, yes. great.
6: I like being I'm looking different. Forward uh, to. you know, it's nice it's nice to repeat what others do, but it's even better when you put your own out.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, Thank you so much, James, for coming on the program. And we're going to have to come out and hear you guys play, especially. You're going to be playing close to where I live,
6: where we live.
1: So we'll have to come and hear you guys.
6: Okay. Um, We're also trying to get back. um, uh, We're going out toward uh, the, like, Lago Vista area. Mm -hmm. Yes, we're we're, we're, uh, trying to play up there as well. So. Wherever we're at, I promise to let you know where we're playing at.
1: Great. Great. Thank All
6: you. All right. All right. Well, thank you, you have so a
1: much very me. you have Yeah, have a very good evening.
6: And, and unto you the same. You.
1: Thank you. And thank you so much for joining me on the program.
6: All right. And may the rest of your All evening right. be a great one.
1: Thank you. All right. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye now. You too. Bye-bye. All right. So before Art knocks us off the air, let me let you all know what's coming up next week. Um, Next Sunday, June 30th, we'll be back with another live show. And joining us from Hollywood, California, we'll have award-winning author, actor, four-time Ironman triathlete, G. Brian Benson. And he'll be talking about his new book, Habits for Success, Inspired Ideas to Help You Soar. And we'll have more. We always have much more to be announced as we get closer to next Sunday. And if you want to hear tonight's program again and get the website, the website links and um, social media links and all the other information that my guests spoke about on the program, all of that Along with the podcast, will be posted on my website later tonight. So, not right, not just yet, but later tonight, if you go look on my website, that will all be there. And um, you can also hear the program in as soon as five minutes from now by going directly to Radio, B L O G, slash your golden years and my website for later tonight is com. and also be sure to follow me on facebook um, where you can get updates about all the upcoming shows and um, blogs and everything else that that we're doing at drmarikarpel your golden years on facebook And this evening's program was sponsored by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions, and sponsored by neurologist and memory specialist Dr. Ronald DeVere and by Storyhouse. And special thanks to my guests, Dr. Michael Brandt de Maria, Brianna Taylor, James E. Neal, and of course, thank you to Art. And thank you all for listening. Have a peaceful night. An inspiring week. And remember, youth has no age. Good night, everyone.